This morning we will begin, uh, we, we will again be brief in our comments. If you were here on Christmas Eve, it will be a similar kind of a, uh, a thing. But even though it's brief, my hope is that it will give us uh, a framework for the days ahead as we bring 2019 to a close. I always find that this week of the year, this time of the year, is one of the most powerful times for me because it is built for us to have both assessment and reflection as well as considering what lies ahead of us. To look back over the last 12 months, the good and the bad, and to be able to, uh, to just reflect on what you've done well and the things that you feel like uh, that, that you've seen God uh, do. Hopefully you'll build some time in your own schedule to reflect and to consider what 2019 has been for you. Successes, failures, suffering, rejoicing, all of those things uh, mixed in. This is in part what the Jesse tree has been about for us. What kind of year has it been? Where have you seen God work? How have you changed? Where are you now versus where you are at the close of 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago to me, uh, where we are now versus where we are, were then and, and, and personally uh, as well. My hope is that as you grow in grace and understanding that what you'll be able to see and identify more readily is the places where God has been at work in those things, where things you may have just uh, written off and said, well, that's just life. As you grow in grace, you begin to see and to say, you know what, that's not just life, that's God working and I would do well to listen and to see what it is that he has done. But even as you consider what 2019 has been, I hope you'll spend time considering what 2020 will be. Now, I know from past experience that all of you guys in here, or the vast majority of you guys in here, are slackers and you don't do New Year's resolutions. Much to my chagrin, I understand that that's how that, that works, but I also understand that New Year's resolutions are really at this point a punchline. And that if you're really, really, really committed to it, you might make it to February, right? That's if you're really committed to most New Year's resolutions. So I understand that. But in light of what we've been studying throughout the month of December, this idea of coming and beholding and being transformed by what we behold, becoming better disciples by what we behold, I want to give a few more words of encouragement to uh, to to really kind of spur us on into this new year. You know, we've looked at this idea of behold, and what we've seen is that it's more than just a word that says look over here or see this, but it's a, a word that's really got a lot more built into it. Instead of, just saying, instead of just saying look at this, it's saying pay attention to this. Stop. Consider. Bring it in. Ponder it. Let it, let it kind of ruminate in your head. Let it kind of marinate in there just a little bit. Pay attention to this. It's an invitation as well, as we've said, to come and see. So, so it's inviting us to come, pay attention, think about, marinate in, and see what God has done. It gets our attention, and then it invites us into something larger. And this morning, I want to see one more place, among many, where that word kind of pops up and encourages us, us to stop and consider for just a minute. We're going to be in the book of Revelation, all the way at the end of the Bible. This is the easiest uh, text that I'll have for you to find. Revelation chapter 21 and 22 is where we will be today, all the way at the very back of the book. 
The Apostle John is writing the, the, the book of Re- Revelation in response to a vision that he's been giving, given about how the end of the ages will come about. There is no shortage of discussion about what is meant in, the, in this book and, and, and whether these things have already happened or all still yet to happen or, uh, and everything in between. There is all kinds of debate, but when you get to these final words, there is, they are meant to serve for us as an encouragement and for us to consider the way that this story ends. And so John is doing his best to tell us that, how it's all going to end, how God orchestrates it all and then how God wraps things up and closes the vision. So the vision John gets is nothing short of glorious, awe-inspiring, and hope-giving. And one that I hope will, will kind of push us as we wrap up this year over the next few days. So let's read a bit in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down, out, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be, will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And so what we have here is the first great promise for us to consider coming out of these last couple of chapters. As the Bible ends its story, it closes with answers to some of life's greatest questions. Now, maybe you don't think about it that way as you read through these, but if you consider what your year is to be ahead and you consider what 2019 was behind you, if you stop and you think there are questions that will come to mind, and some of those are answered by these passages where Jesus says, Behold. And so he, he, he takes us to the end of the story to give us the answers. You see, sometimes the best way to get an answer to something is not to wait, work your way through the problem and kind of deduct as you go, but sometimes the best way is to go to the end and then work yourself backwards. Don't build as you go, but build by looking at the end result. I know some of you dads understand exactly what I'm talking about. Just a few days ago on Christmas Eve, I have no doubt that some of y'all were up at 1 a.m. putting together something out of a box for some kid somewhere that you thought was going to be way easier than it was. I've been there many a times where I'm looking at this thing at 1.30 in the morning and i got to put stickers on some uh, Power Wheels car and trying to decide are stickers really that important on Christmas morning? Because I really would like to go to bed. And I thought this was going to be done about three hours ago. You've been there, right? And what is the, the best thing to help you as you go? Instructions are great sometimes, depending on who wrote them. Instructions can be great. But one of the most helpful things for you to have in that moment is the picture on the box. 
to say, what does this thing even look like at the end? Because I've got three wheels on one side of this thing, and I'm pretty sure that's not how this thing works. So can I please just see a picture to explain to me what is this thing supposed to look like? So if you can begin with the end in mind, it can help shape the steps along the way. And that's what John does for us here this morning. He gets us the picture at the end of the book of Revelation. And the first great question that he deals with here is suffering of this life. There's no doubt as you guys look over 2019, many of you will consider the suffering that has marked your days. For, for so many of us, it is suffering that marks the time for us. That's how we know the passing of time. It is universal to us all. I don't have to know your stories. I don't have to know your background to know that on some level, that's been a part of what you have dealt with in this year. And that you will be able to look back years from now in 2019 and say, oh yeah, that's the year that we dealt with this. That's the year that we went through this. It is what will mark the year for you. Perhaps that suffering is due to sins that we can see and its consequences, sins that we have committed and direct consequences back on us. Or perhaps that suffering is due to sickness and health and death. All those two are a result of sin. Not quite the same way, but in a larger picture. The result of sin that has broken this world. That a fallen humanity must live within. The question we ask in those moments are, why do we have to experience this and how long will it last? For too long this year, Emily and I have been very familiar with that question, how long will this last as we still walk the road to, to health and we pray for health for Emily to, uh, to get better. And I know so many of you guys have done the same and are doing the same in your own lives. But the, the answers to those questions of why suffering and how long for suffering deserve something much better than a trite christian ease kind of answer. And that's why it's helpful for us to look at the end of the story, to look at the front of the box, as it were. God tells us there will be a day when tears will be no more, when suffering will be non-existent, when cancer and death and disease will not mark our days and will not mark our years. Those things will pass away. They will be gone. I can't think of a more beautiful promise for us to cling to as we start another year. The suffering of this past year, the suffering that we endure is temporary. It is not forever. It is destined to end. Suffering will mark us in this life, but it will not mark us forever. Instead, God tells us that he is making all things new. What a beautiful promise. Do you remember at the very beginning of this series, we were in the book of Isaiah, and God says, I'm going to do a new thing. And what we saw is that that new thing is the new covenant that, that would be established when Jesus came, which we just celebrated here at Christmas. And now when we get to the end of the book, God doesn't say, I'm going to do a new thing. He says, I'm going to make all things new. All of them. Our bodies, our past, our sinful hearts, our weak wills, our broken desires. He will make them all new. He is making it all new and, and the pain that we have inflicted on others and the pain that has been inflicted on us will no longer define us, will no longer define our moments. 
but a deep, abiding satisfaction in him. Jesus invites us and he says, come behold, I am making all things new. What kind of invitation is this? Don't you want to come to that party? Don't you want an invite to that party that says, I'm going to fix it all, all the things that are broken with you and all the things that are broken with the world around you. I'm going to make them new. And we have that invitation. Our suffering's days are numbers are numbered. And while we don't know that number, God does. And I take comfort in that as I head into a new year. The next verses will help us to answer the next question. Turn to Revelation chapter 22, just over a page. Verse 12. Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. If we are going to reverse engineer our lives for 2020 and answer some of these major questions about the structure of our lives, this is going to be one of the biggest things we should consider. What should we do? in 2020. The beautiful thing about this verse is that it minces no words. If we're going to build our next year well, we had better do it with these words in mind. Now don't misunderstand these words. We're not, we're not throwing aside the gospel. We're not saying this is simply being repaid, you know, eye for eye what we've done, that if we have enough good things, all will be well. And if, we out, if our good outweighs our bad, then maybe God will go easy on us. That's not what we're saying. The beauty of this verse for the Christian is that, these, is that we are in Jesus and the deeds that, that God sees in us will be Christ's righteousness, not our sinfulness. However, our lives still very much matter to God, and these verses do make us aware of the accountability that is still very much a part of our lives. When I was a kid, I had a bunch of chores to do every day. I've told you guys about this before. I would get home around 3 o'clock, and my dad would, would, would get home sometime between 4.30, 4.45. So in there, I had an hour and a half of autonomy to do whatever I wanted. But at 4.30, he was going to be home, and the chores better be done. The living room would need to be straightened. The dishes would need to be put away and loaded. Those chores needed to be done every day. And I would usually procrastinate every day until about 4.15. And then I would be like, okay, it's time to hurry now. I would play video games or I would uh, eat a snack or I would just do nothing. And then at 4.15, it would be like, oh no, here we go. And it was scramble mode time. And usually I got away with that. Usually I could get, I could get things done. But occasionally he would come home early and I would start at 4.15 and it would be 4.20 and he would walk in and I'd be like, well, there goes my video games for the evening or whatever he chose to ground me from that day because I didn't get the chores done. I had, pro, I had procrastinated. Sometimes I misjudge how much there was to get done. Sometimes time would just get away from me and I get caught up in whatever I was doing at the time. Friends, whatever 2020 has for us, let this verse and let us, one another, spur one another on to do the things that matter while there is still time. On the day that Jesus points to here, when he says, behold, pay attention, don't miss this, we would do well to remember that day as we wake up and we go to work on Monday mornings. 
We would do well to remember that day as we go throughout the week doing whatever it is that we do, doing our jobs, interacting with our families, caring for others, to remember there is an accountability and God does demand our all. He does say, you're mine, you do what I ask, and there will be an accountability for that. God lays claim to each of our days in 2020. We don't get days off from godliness. For some of you, your response to that this morning, your response is a, an invitation to a New Year's resolution. But I want to encourage you to something much more than that. That your response would be to the invitation to come to Him. Perhaps even now you recognize that, that in 2019 and maybe never before have you considered the fact that your days are not your own. That your days are numbered and they are not your own. God lays claim to them. If you have not considered that, that God is over your days, then I would urge you to consider what it means to follow Christ. To make this next year a year not about you, but a year about following Him. If you can't say that you recognize that your days don't belong to you, then you have to seriously consider where your heart is and whether you have ever given your life over to Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian, at least in part, is to say, God, these days are yours. Now, will we live those days perfectly? Absolutely not. Will we knock it out of the park in 2020 and check off every single list that we've got? Almost certainly not. But he is in charge. And these days are his. So it answers the accountability question, what should I do? Then finally, the last verses of the Bible. Revelation 22, 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. The last verses of Scripture give us the prayer that has been echoed through the ages. Come, Lord Jesus. For us, soon is about time. We don't really know what soon means here. It may be about time, but it also may be about the way in which He will come. We don't really know what soon is about. It's on some level about expectancy. And how we look for that day and long for that day. Do we expect God to come? Do we expect to see Jesus again? Are we living with that in mind? Do we organize our days, our priorities, our success around that reality? Jesus will come back. We will see him again. That song that we sang, Joy to the World, I love singing it this Sunday of the year. I tell Chris, I don't know, just figure it out, get it on the set list. We need to do that song. Because we sing it as a Christmas song, but it's a song about the second coming. That's what it was written for. And so where it says that, 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 that Jesus will come back, joy to the world, and that that will come as far as the, the curse is found. When he comes back, that's part of him making all things new. He will break the curse, end the curse, restore all things. And he will return. 
do we organize our days around that reality? Jesus says he is coming soon, and John echoes as quickly as he can, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Because John longs for that day when the new heaven and the new earth will be here, and the old earth will pass away, when pain and suffering will be gone, and when we, most of all, will be with Jesus. The invitation to come behold is not just an invitation to the past, church. It is an invitation to the future. Behold, He will come again. Are you ready for that day? Do you long for that day? Or do you long for the things of this world? For the temporary things that that rust and moth will destroy? Do you long to build your own kingdom of sandcastles that will be knocked over by the ocean waves? Or do you long to see Jesus? So much so that it drives what you do. So much so that it it organizes and and it prioritizes what you do. Whether or not you long for Jesus will tell you much about your heart. It will tell you much about the things. What things do you long for? What things do you wake up saying, yes, Lord, give me this? May our prayer be today as we head into a new year, yes, Lord, make all things new. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Teach me to follow your commands. Teach me to long for your fellowship. Teach me to number my days, to order my desires, to subdue my heart. And until that day comes, our prayer is, come Lord Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, that is our prayer. Come quickly. Come soon. End our suffering, end our struggle with sin. Allow us to be able to sing those words of the, of, of the hymn to say perfect submission, all is at rest. Because I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Oh, Father, I long for that to be true in my life. I'm so tired of my fight with the same old sins. I'm so tired of failing and my desires just so quickly wandering as we sung this morning. My heart is prone to wonder. It is desperately wicked. But you have redeemed and you have saved. And I long for the day where I don't fight that fight. And my faith is sight. And you come. Father, may we behold you. And know that you are coming. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.